When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Eyes to the Left. Hello and welcome to Eyes to the Left, the Mirror's political podcast. I'm Jason Beatty and I'm joined by Kevin Maguire, Alison Phillips and Mikey Smith for a review of the year. It's been an extraordinary tumultuous year in British politics. People saying Jeremy Corbyn was on the ropes and only a few weeks to prove himself. Theresa May was in charge of all she surveyed. And then, of course, we had Brexit, and we have a Lib Dems going nowhere, and by the end of the year, everything is on its head. We have Theresa May on the ropes over Brexit, Jeremy Corbyn is in charge of everything and is safe as Labour leader, and the Lib Dems are still going nowhere. We're going to look at what's happened in the last 12 months, which started with huge rows, as I said, over Brexit, and ends with huge rows over Brexit, and in between we have a small matter of a general election. And so, Kevin, what has been your highlight of the year? Oh, it's got to be the general election, which Theresa May didn't need to call. She called it arrogantly because she thought she'd destroy the Labour Party, increase the majority. She said she needed for Brexit, and it went spectacularly wrong. She was a rubbish uh, candidate, anything from far and stable. The manifesto the Tories had was an utter disaster, and the campaign was brilliantly bad. While Jeremy Corbyn just came through, uh, oh, Jeremy Corbyn, we knew he was a campaigner. We'd seen him campaigning for years locally, some issues that were often unpopular, you know, human rights abroad didn't get a lot of traction back home. And he just came through and he got that big increase in the Labour vote, up to 40%. He got 30 extra MPs. Theresa May loses her majority. And politics is now just defined by that. And Alison, what's been your highlight of the year? Well, I think, again, the general election, I think for me the reason is that it, it just proved once and for all you should never, ever underestimate the British public. You should never take them for granted. Um, and you should never treat them with contempt, which I think probably was what Theresa May was doing at that point when she did call the election. Um, after the referendum last year, she clearly felt um, that uh, everyone had taken this lurch to the right into this populist agenda and that she felt that she was going to get the mandate. It would destroy the left probably forever. Um, and the absolute reverse came through and we saw what British people really were worried about and that, that compassion and concern about what was going on in the country was, was alive and kicking. Mikey? As someone who is very fond of the unexpected in British politics, I... I, I my absolute highlight of the year was Theresa May's conference speech. Um, <laughs> her, she had had a rotten week anyway. She'd had, you know, people saying she was not long for her job, um, talking about who was going to replace her all week, all this week. She was trying to rally her troops, and she had a stinking cold, um, and she got on stage and within a few minutes of starting you could hear a croaking she couldn't speak properly then things started to fall off the backdrop letters started to fall off her, sl- her slogans her, 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 her 
message to the country was literally falling to pieces and don't forget on live the, television. The, the, the comedian's stunt of handing yeah. over the P45. Incredible. I mean, everything which could have gone wrong in those kind of 15 minutes did go wrong, didn't it? it, it was, you couldn't have written it. I thought the more extraordinary speech was actually after the election, she lost a majority, went to the palace, jumped a gun because she hadn't mm, sorted the yes. deal with the yeah. DUP from Northern Ireland at that point, but then went on the steps of Downing Street and she gave a speech as if she'd doubled a majority or got it yeah. up to 100. And she later had to had to backtrack. I mean, she she clearly was unhinged at that mm. point. I completely misjudged the public mood. Yeah. And, and that has been, to me, the most interesting thing, is how this, our perceptions of her changed so dramatically from the beginning when she had this kind of, like, the new Thatcher, you know, she was kind of, you know, the Tory MPs were kind of, kind of, kind of you know, an adulation of her in a way I'd never seen for a Tory leader since Thatcher. She's got a tin ear um, and uh, it, keeps, it keeps coming back. But when she took over and she, she was almost by accident, of course, Cameron loses the, the referendum uh, last year. He has to go. Then Andrea Leadsomer, main challenger, drops out over motherhood issues. Uh, and then all of a sudden she's there and she delivers that fantastic speech on the steps yeah, of Downing great. Street, taking on um, burning injustices, helping the mm. just about managing people. But as the as the suffragettes always say, it's deeds, not words. And she could never match what she what she said. And since and the truth well, will always she just out. Crumbled. Sooner or later, the truth will out, and it has done with her. And that she 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 created this perception that she was strong and stable. And then uh, the more we saw of the real her, the more that there was a huge gulf between the the reality and and the perception. And that was, kind of, you know, almost the key kind of quote of the year was her at that Tory conference having to defend the climb down on her social care policy, the uh, dementia taxes, it got dubbed immediately, yes. and her standing there going, nothing has changed, nothing has no. changed. That was during the election campaign. Yes. yes. Yeah. yes. And, and, Astonishing. And it, it was kind of, and everybody knew Everything had changed. Had changed. She yeah. changed in their eyes. And, and she also became quite a pitiful character at that point. I mean, I know it was funny, the, the, the um, <laughs> conference speech, but there was something about it, it was just too awful to watch as well and that it was everything was falling apart around her and not one of her colleagues was up there trying to help out from Philip Hammond with his cough suites but but not no one was there giving her any emotional support and you kind of felt but that was the the symbolism of what's going on in the party and that she who's out there on her own and not a single one of those lot is going to be there to help her Alison save your sympathy for the people whose tax (laughs) credit she's cutting you're (laughs) you're quite right but it was quite painful to watch and and in kind of inverse proportion, as as, as her star wanes, Jeremy's Corbyn's is kind of shone brighter and brighter. And this is going to be, and as I said, you know, I remember writing a story in January with Len McCluskey, the Unite leader, saying that he had Jeremy Corbyn had just eighteen weeks to prove himself, or we'd have would face a possible leadership challenge. You know, this is his close ally saying this to us. And then during the election campaign, Len McCluskey said, well, Labour will get 200 seats at the time. I think there were 232, so it looked like 30 losses, and ended up with 260. He outperformed even his own expectations, Jeremy Corbyn. We all called the election wrong. Oh, God, blimey, (laughs) yeah, including, I think, Corbyn himself thought he'd Mm. be... The Tories would be the, a majority of 37 or something. That last seven to ten days was, was crucial, wasn't it? I, I think for me, a, a big turning point was the Westminster Bridge attack. It was Westminster Bridge, wasn't it? It was, before no, the, it London was the London Bridge, Bridge, London Bridge, London Bridge Borough Market, yeah. Um, because yeah. It, it just seemed to show that um, I think that all the, all the thing about you know, the Tories on law and order, which have been, remained one of their kind of selling points, was all absolute rubbish, um, that they'd done very little really to protect us. Um, and it almost sort of changed the. There was a shift in the nature of the country that people thought the current isn't really working. Well, again, Theresa May, after saying nothing has changed during that election campaign, there, after London Bridge, Borough mm. Market, 
the, the three terrorists had run, run amok, uh, killing people. She said, uh, right, um, she said, then it was... Uh, we can't carry on like this. We've yes. got, we've got change. Well, who'd been Home <laughs> Secretary? Who'd yes. been Prime Minister yeah, for seven years? Corbyn showed enough that is enough. He said. Campaign. It was the first terrorist attack. Was you know the, 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 the narrative has always been that this plays into the hand of a governing party. Yes. Look, mm. The Prime Minister can stand there in that yeah. office and yeah. speak for the nation. The second one, Corbyn came out very quickly. Some people said the Tories said he was playing politics, but he made that point about police cuts. He made, uh, but it, and it was and true. It, and, and it was yeah. true, and it resonated with this whole message mm. about you know austerity has got to stop. Yeah. And then, of course, after I mean, jumping forward a bit, but then after the election, there was the horrific Grenfell Tower fire. I was going to mention that. Where again, Theresa May was absolutely hopeless, and to that point, the truth will out. She hasn't got the ability to deal with people who are in pain, and whereas yeah. Jeremy Corbyn was. Fantastic. I mean, for I, most people. T- to my mind, I think Grenville is probably actually the most important political event of the year. Yes. I know that sounds slightly controversial, no, but yeah. it, it, it showed the consequences of, of, of austerity. It showed yeah. what's happened that the uh, people who should be protected by the state weren't being protected by the state, and it cost people's lives. Mm. And and it, and and then you've got this, as you say, it wasn't just the kind of political; it was a personal. Corbyn putting his arm around the victims of, mm. of the fire, and May failing to go and meet them, and when she did go and meet them, going kind of under cover almost and it was mm. like a contrast between the two politicians and that is more important than just how you're seen to react in one of those situations it's whether you have got the innate ability to deal with those situations and it would appear that she doesn't have that the best political speech i heard in 2017 was by matt rack who was general secretary of fire brigades union at the uh, durham miners uh, gala and he joined all the dots on politics and Grenfell and how it had happened, people being ignored, always mm. having to have second best, not testing the cladding properly and so on. It was absolutely brilliant speech. It was it was incredible to, to, to listen. It was one of those speeches that if you read it, you'd be roused too. It was at times emotional, very critical. He, he didn't go into hyperbole. And it kind of, you know, mm. everything did come together with Grenfell Tower uh, on how public services operate or don't, how people who are poor and powerless are expected to live their lives, just put up with it or or tough. And it's a terrible, terrible, terrible tragedy. And that tower stands there now as a, a charred tombstone uh, to the, the 71 mm. people who were, were killed. But it is also a real challenge to a, a very complacent political class. And, and, and very difficult for the Conservatives, who, whose whole kind of kind of ideology has always been since Thatcher that, you know, we cut regulation, it doesn't yeah, matter, yeah. we can mm. privatise things and that yep. solves them. Yep. And here was an example of, you know, this is what happens if you do cut corners, if you don't protect people's lives, if no, you do right. outsource. And, and it was a Conservative-run council who was responsible for those And, and a Conservative well. government in power, and it was mm. a challenge to their entire ideology, their their political will, their way of, way of life. Yeah. And it's and it's enduring. It's still there. And you mentioned your that was your speech of the year, um, Mikey. Your speech of the year was Theresa May. Was probably May, Theresa May's uh, <laughs> conference speech. Yeah, no, it was just an incredible moment. Yeah. Um, going back briefly to Grenfell, though, I thought that Corbyn was great when he when he turned up, put arms around people. I thought the one that hurt Theresa May the most was when the Queen turned up. Because mm. Theresa May turned up on one day, and I think it was the next day. The Queen it did. was almost like she yeah. watched it on telly and gone, "What are you doing? This yeah. is how you do yeah. it." And she turned up and she, you know, met people and spoke to real people on the telly. And, and then afterwards, there was this def- desperate sort of scramble to keep going back there, wasn't it, as if to try and make mm. up. But the damage had been done by that point, I think. 
and, and we've got into this kind of now, you know, what they call the Maybot is her inability to think on her feet. That you know, she's kind of you have to be fed lines to say when mm. in difficult yeah. situations. There's a, a, a really interesting insight into um, Tim Shipman's book on on this year in uh, Fallout, where she's going to be asked, Theresa May is going to be asked about what it's like not to have any children. And she takes the line given to her by one of her aides, word for word, because she couldn't even think about herself. Mm. It was extraordinary. Uh, and I know that, that perhaps nowadays we place too much emphasis, do we, on the package of the politician and whether they're smooth. But I, I, I don't think it is that that we're talking about with Theresa May. We're, talking, we're just talking about an inability to understand and to empathise with with the people who she's supposed to be leading, which is kind of an important bit of the job, isn't it? Yeah, people aren't just stats so on a balance sheet. So I think you do need to, to understand emotionally how you people do, feel yeah. and live their lives rather than just reading a, a textbook or a dry report. Otherwise, how That's are you going to make the right do. decisions about what's the right... I don't think you can, can you? No. And this is where a few times this year Philip Hammond has also fallen down. Because he has this... He, he always comes across like he has this, you know, they call him spreadsheet fill for a reason. <laughs> but there's been two things this year where he's been really tin-eared. Um, there was one in, like, a couple of days before... Uh, the election, he was on the radio and he was told this story uh, about a struggling nurse who couldn't make ends meet mm. and uh, and all this. And he came back with the most robotic, you know, answer mm. about I, I don't know interest rates or or whatever. I don't remember exactly. And then uh, a couple of weeks ago, he was at the Treasury Committee, and he just very in a in a, in a in an almost blasé way said, "Yeah, well, one of the reasons, effectively said, one of the reasons we have uh, slow." growth, uh, slow uh, productivity, productivity yes. in the UK is because uh, we've, you know, it's a good thing we've done it but, you know, we've got loads of disabled people into the, in, in, into work. And don't forget his line is also about there's no unemployed. Oh yeah, mm. I liked it when he said, well, you don't move all your furniture in the new house when you buy it, because he clearly has several houses. <laughs> <laughs> the, the truth is most of us do, <laughs> Chancellor. I mean, that's why you have, to, you have to get out your house to move into your new house, because you've sold the other one. Yeah, well, it's slightly a, a, a yes. off message. I was going to come up with my, my two speeches of the year. Uh, one was uh, Ken Clark in the EU debates when he kind of magisterially mm. went through the arguments about you know why we shouldn't be leaving the single market and uh, and kind of you know stood up to his own party, but he got kind of applause from the other side. I'm a rebel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and the other one is uh, slightly more controversial was the Labour MP uh, Laura Piddock, who in her maiden speech attacked the House of Commons as yes. being a stuffy club. Yes. And, and she got so much stick about that from members of the Stuffy Club, didn't she? Yeah. Uh, and I don't was... want to be, and then separately she said, I don't want to be friends with Conservatives. Mm. I can't be friends with Conservatives. Mm. And, and, and I, but I thought, I kind of liked her bravery. I liked the fact she was kind of, you know, saying kind of, you know, kind of truth unto power. Yeah. I knew her through Shaw Races and the Red Card, with what she, where she worked, going into schools and so on, and using football to you know, attack, uh, attack racism and talk kids round. And, She's a brilliant communicator, and she's very, very bright. She's she has shot from the uh, from the lip a few times, and, uh, and and got into got into trouble. But that well, no, it was a terrific speech. It marked her out. And of course, the things like the you look at not friends. She really meant down in Westminster. She was yes. going to come down to Westminster and just get pally with Tories, and then it gets twisted against her com- completely. It's a bit unfair, but she's very resilient. Yeah. And I kind of other newcomers because we obviously had a new intake of appeals after after the mm. general election. Is there anybody else caught your eye? You know, I, if, you, if you're looking at newcomers, there, are, there, there was a good crop. Like I think Tan Desai, Desai is good in uh, Slough. 
I think he'll... It's the Labour first... We've had for some time, time, yeah, and he, and he wears a turban, which very few Sikhs do. So he, mm. he does, uh, he, he stands out uh, on that. I think uh, if you if you do that, you've got to say Ben Bradley, the Tory in Mansfield, winner of, uh, of the year. That's right, and uh, <laughs> fancied by the uh, Toff or whatever she's called on uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm a celeb yeah. uh, that um, uh, that that woman. Um, but um, Emma Den Coed in Kensington never expected to win it. Given Grenfell, if I was if I was living in Grenfell Tower or living in that area, I'd I'd be thankful that Emma Dan yes. Code is my MP and not the Tory who was there before, but because you huge, know who will yeah, fight for you. Absolutely, but what a huge job to have had to take on at that at that part for her, huge challenge, and she's she's. And again, she's, well. she's had a lot of stick. Some of her jokes have been uh, a bit off uh, and so on. And, of course, she's a, she's a big Republican, as I think most of us are. Uh, but it's how we know. But it's it is. how those are spun, isn't it? Against but it is. But what it is. Really, We've what all really, said things. That but yeah, but what really counts is what she does. Again, it's deeds, not exactly. words. And she is, she is fantastic on Grenfell. And she knows at root of it all is inequality. Mm. And she's actually brilliant at exposing that. And you've got the richest borough in in the country and yet you've got huge areas of deprivation and if, if we're supposed to live in a, you know, a kind of caravan stretched out you know the rich at the front and the mm-hmm. poor at the back I mean look this isn't it you know there's, there's huge gaps in this caravan in that area where, where people just haven't got two pennies to, to rub together some of them living in Grenfell Town not all of them some quite affluent people living in that town too but she's she, she's just fantastic at challenging again the establishment yeah, and, and she's, she was on my list of newcomers of the year. The, the other one I had was uh, the Tory, uh, Kevi Badenoch. Who oh, made, yeah. She was the warm-up act for Theresa May's disastrous speech. Oh, yeah. And she gave a better speech than Theresa May. Yes. Mind you, I could have given a better speech than <laughs> Theresa May, <laughs> given what went wrong. But I, mm-hmm. she's I, very charismatic. Uh, I kind of, you know, kind of. Yeah, very good. I um, uh, I sort of ruined her trip back from the Tory conference uh, after her triumph because I sat behind her on the train. <laughs> and I saw her friend nudge her, so they couldn't say anything. Okay, so I was listening. Yeah. Uh, and anybody else caught your eye out of the new generation? Some, some have fared slightly better than others. Uh, well, uh, I mean, uh, I, 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 I don't think a, a, a section on newcomers can mm-hmm. can go without oh, mentioning yes. um, uh, our friend Jared. Uh, Jared O'Mara, who well, with, he took Nick Clegg's seat in Nick Clegg's seat. in the election, uh, and then uh, over the course of several months, uh, uh, well, really overnight in a in a um, uh, a sting operation, really by uh, the Guido Fawkes website, uh, it emerged that uh, he had made some rather unsavoury internet posts uh, when when he was younger. He's on a journey. Yes, uh, he hasn't got very far though, has he? No. But he was um, doing so well, wasn't it, for those few weeks before it all went horribly wrong? He was yeah. doing very well by not doing very much of it, was he? I can't, no, I can't that remember that hearing him other, speak. But that was the other kind of criticism <laughs> against him. It wasn't, but, 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 but everyone was so delighted when he won, wasn't it? Because it seemed like a real yeah. huge achievement, didn't it? And then, and then it all went very quickly but wrong. The, and, and he was the, kind of the, the, the start of a whole... Sexminster, Pestminster, whatever you wish to call it. There is, there is a before. I mean, which obviously then became a huge issue for, for mm. over the last few months. But there was an interesting issue around him as well as to how he got selected, and what was actually being done to, to check whether he had the right kind of people going into what mm. is a very important job. But you, you probably wouldn't. You could have had lots of checks. You would probably not pick that up. That post but, he's made fifteen. No, uh, but then uh, 15 you, would, years you ago. would have hoped really that there would have been some 
degree of transparency from him. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I mean, you would like. Is there anything you'd like to tell us? Oh yeah. I think I think you'll find almost every candidate is no, <laughs> including those who served time in prison. <laughs> it's not just that there were complaints about his behaviour. Yes, towards women um, in person yeah. that had been bubbling around for a while. I I'd seen them, and at that point, surely you would come forward and say, "Look, here's what is, is in my past." I've come on a journey. Mm. But the, the guy I feel uh, sorry for in this whole thing is um, Oliver Coppard, who was the candidate for Sheffield Hallam for Labour in 2015, who came within a whisker of very, very close to unseating Clegg himself. And he's a great guy. He's, um, he, he's, he's sort of the genuine article. He's, he, he's a very sort of... Mm-hmm. He, he was a good candidate. And... Uh, I haven't seen him in a while, actually. So anyway, we then kind of had this um, incredible kind of couple of weeks when we lost two cabinet ministers within mm. seven days. Michael Fallon mm. as part of the sexual, sexual yes. allegations, kind of for it, which is still hanging over Parliament. Yep. Back at, it was kind of a Me Too off the back of Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Then it started, you know, very brave women came forward. We talked about this before, haven't we, Alison, about how the... You could not probably get a worse environment from Parliament for, for, for these sort of, kind of situations of power, mm. vulnerable women, um, a lot of late night drinking, people you know, away from their families, and it's a. And, the, and there was like a, a, a short period there where you felt this could be a real turning point. This could be the moment that things change, and there, there was a resignation. Michael Fallon. There are still some inquiries going on into into certain MPs. But there's also, I feel, a general sense that everything's just going to go back to how it was. Well, I think the suicide of Cole Sargent yes. in Wales, member of the Welsh Assembly, he was a minister, got sacked by Colin Jones, the first minister. Mm. Some people had come forward and questions about how that was handled. Mm. And if complaints come in, are people told what those complaints are? Do you get the details, position to defend yourself? How are they then handle, handled? I think that made everyone, whoa, whoa, exactly. what are we... What are we doing here? And you're right, it might, it might go back. But I, th- I don't think it can go back to exactly the way it was. Hopefully people will improve their behaviour. Yes, I think what, what it sort of showed was that the whole system was completely incapable of dealing with what was going on. So, so A, you had a system which encouraged this sort of thing to happen. And B, you had a system that when complaints were made, no one quite knew what was the best way to handle it. Whereas like in a big organisation like here, you would have an HR department, you would have systems in place, you would have policy. Whereas people, suddenly there was there was allegations coming from all directions. Um, and it, it, the things happened that, that perhaps shouldn't have happened. And maybe now, in the cold light of day, we'll be able to think about what is the best way of preventing this thing, these sort of things from happening and ensuring that when they are reported, they're properly investigated. But um, there's, there's still... Inquiries going on. Oh, Charlie Elphiga, Tory MP, yeah. still suspended. Claims he was reported to the police by his parties. It says he still hasn't uh, been told what the charges are, or mm. sorry, the allegations yes. made by whom, or he hasn't been spoken to by the police. Labour have several inquiries still underway, mm. including uh, Kelvin Hopkins, a Luton MP, mm-hmm. denies anything. Uh, Others, Clive Lewis, uh, allegations of groping, he's yeah, now been cleared. Yeah. cleared. Well, there's quite a few still underway. So, so, as I and Damien Green. Well, Michael Fallon was 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 uh, made to resign quite rightly, and then uh, seven days later, Pretty Patel resigned after yes. after freelancing kind of diplomacy. There's been so in many Israel. you forget, don't you? <laughs> and, and, and then we thought there was a quite a strong possibility that Boris Johnson would have to go over his yes. blunder on Nazanin Sahari Ratcliffe, a dual British Iranian woman who was arrested in Tehran. Clearly, you know she 
Innocence involves Johnson had no idea why she was there and made it worse. I mean, that was appalling, and again, it was one of those incidents which shows the the real the measure of the man, in that he blundered into something, having taken little interest in the case or done much research or, or, or looking at it properly, and said something which made a terrible situation about a million times worse. Um, and he again, he's sort of been scuttling around ever since, trying to make amends. But the damage he did at that point was pretty unforgivable for a foreign secretary. Well, by, by saying she, she was working in uh, around when she'd gone to see her elderly, uh, her elderly parents, parents. taken the taken taken mm. a daughter. But once he once he'd said it, he makes a mistake and he's sloppy. He's not a details person. But then he denies he's said it. Yes. Uh, and won't apologise. Eventually, after a, what, a week, ten days, he had to concede he was he was wrong. wrong. And he's got to make amends now. I propose a prisoner swap. We we'll get her back, and he can he can uh, spend uh, as long as he likes I mean, in a jail in Tehran. I mean, he has been found out this year, hasn't he? I mean, no, he's, yes. He's kind of you know cheap jokes about you know Brexit when he was saying you know you don't want our kind of to the Italians that you know it's kind of prosecco. Yeah, you'll be able to yeah. sell less prosecco to a Briton. You don't want that, and you know that sort of kind of you know. Uh, Kind of, kind of awful joke about the, the conference he made about you know the dead bodies oh, washing yeah. up on the shore of Libya, yeah. and again blunder after blunder tries to laugh it off. And but even on the substance, which I found was interesting, he's had to kind of climb down. He did that big article for the Telegraph, four thousand words, mm. setting out his red lines on Brexit. Every single one has been arranged yes. in the last mm. week. On the day, de- yeah. On the, on so the, they've conceded. He said yeah. the EU could go whistle for their, their divorce bill. We're paying thirty nine billion now. Uh, the ECJ are going to have jurisdiction over over uh, EU citizens' rights here. Again, Boris said that wouldn't happen, and and it's just extraordinary that he hasn't got any shame at all. No, he's a, he's a shameless he's Tory oath. He and he's a liar. We, we know he's he been sacked twice for lying in his career. Perhaps he should have been sacked far, far more often. The foreign officers are embarrassed by they are, but And all the buffoonery really is just a means of covering up um, a lack of substance. And I yeah. think that's what's been found out, isn't it? Yeah. But even slightly more, I think even slightly worse than everything he said um, about that poor woman was when then Michael Gove then went on television one um, Sunday and was trying to support Boris... By by saying something like, "Well, that's what we believe that she's what, there what was for. she doing? There's I don't know. I don't know." And there was something. Yes, you do. There was something that was just very. With him, it takes it to a level of something more sinister. Well, is it, his is Caligulator. It, it is. Goes it is. Caligulator. Johnson's is, yes. is busking and it what's badly. Kind of slightly frightening is the Tories seem to have an endless stock of old Etonian caricatures. They've now got Jacob's <laughs> Week Mob. I has, know he's been very popular this year, hasn't he? I, I, can you explain momentum to me, anybody, please? No. <laughs> well, yes, it's 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 something to do with that old British trait of um, finding a toff entertaining, and that we should all know our betters and that he's and that he's again he's someone who's prepared to speak his mind even if that is sort of he's rude a hard right winger yeah. who consorts with some even harder more poisonous right wingers I think there's a great danger he's treated as a joke and then you get but the Johnson his, effect and it becomes it. A, a shield but that's what has worked that has happened this year. Yeah, well, it, it, it has keep worked. challenging it with mm. him I mean it certainly helps that you know when when you meet him he's very nice he's very polite he's very, very charming polite. He's unquestionably charming. He's, he, he comes across as a, a, a gentleman which is what you need to go hand in hand it's with kind of a lovely manners horrible views though, yes exactly yeah. he'd, yes. he'd have your it's job rights uh, very quickly and strip oh. him he, he sees it as a you know, 
a guy who is a speculator. He's a financial speculator, although his, his company uh, didn't take that many risks, apparently, when it didn't perform that well. Mm. Uh, well he's happy to take uh, a great risk for the British mm. economy by being a very hard Brexiteer. And you'd be pleased to know, uh, Alison, he thinks it's wrong for men to go around touching other women's knees without permission. He, he, he but, he, but he'd still like your, your reproductive organs. And, yes, he uh, would, uh, yes, uh, to have full uh, control over them. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Yes, he would. You say he's never cooked a meal in his life as well, or something. I think Nanny does it or something. I yeah. mean, he is, but he is playing up this ridiculous it, 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 throwback caricature, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. To I the mean, nanny. Did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did say he'd never changed a nappy. That was Yeah, he he's got about eight children, hasn't he? Six. Six. Yes, he had six come along Septimus or something, didn't he? Sextus. Sextus, Which is not. I, uh, I I am told is not Latin for sex. No. It's, yeah. it's something else. Well, 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 who obviously has impressed this year beyond the, you know, the, the obvious? Has anybody kind of been, been surprised by? Well, I think, I mean, it's obvious, isn't it? But clearly Corbyn has had an extraordinary year, hasn't he? Jeremy Corbyn yes. has had an amazing year in that he has, um, well, he became a sort of a, a sort of a, a, well, he was like a cult figure, but he's a, he's a mainstream cult figure now if such a thing is possible um, in that he took uh, Middle England and, and everyone can see hope I think it's that message of hope that he can give people that it doesn't always have to be like this do you, do you remember Alison we interviewed him two I do. days before I do. polling day and, and he told us that something special was well, going to happen and I have to say it, when, it was when he looked at us across that table and I said what are you going to be doing on um, Friday morning I said, if if you win, what's the first thing you do if you win? And he looked. He said, we will win. And I suddenly thought, gosh. Yeah, they, it's a kind of uh, <laughs> you know, politicians have to say that <laughs> I know. if but he said we're some, not going to win. I know. Uh, yeah. But there was something about the way he said it, and also because by he that didn't point, think it though. He didn't think no. it on the night. Well. No. Yeah. And they didn't win as well, to be fair. No. <laughs> Although some of his supporters thought they did. It must be very, well, very confusing to them, that yeah. to his amazing Downing Street. That whole sort of... I mean, and also, bearing in mind what an absolute hash she did make of the election, that, you know, they could... There was still room for to have done more. You, you've, got to, you've got to say the DUP, you know, the Ireland's well, DUP, yeah. have done well in, in extracting... Done one billion. A billion. Well. <laughs> uh, 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 100, 100 million per MP to prop her up. And then they managed to completely throw a spanner in our Brexit works. Well, they've they, humiliated uh, her twice well, as well, I, like you said Arlene earlier. Arlene Foster is my survivor of the year. I, I mean, you know, well, she's more than a survivor. She's, uh, she's, she's been fantastic. Yeah, Cash for Ash is still around, well, well, hasn't it? But uh, nevertheless... Her future was in, in serious Yeah, at the start of the year. There's no government in, in, in mm-hmm. installments. And there she was now. She comes back and negotiates this kind of blinder of a deal with you on the DUP. I mean, disastrous for the rest of us, but... <laughs> to prop up May's government, and, and as you say, and then kind of moves in on Brexit suddenly yeah. from nowhere. On, on, on I mean, the... When the Prime Minister breaks off from negotiating with Michel Barnier and Jean Claude Juncker mm. to take a phone call for, mm. from, from you, then you know you've got a bit of power, haven't you? Well, yes, but then but, you know, Theresa May had nowhere else to go, did the she? Tail, I the, mean... the tail wait, the, the yeah. DUP tail wags that Tory dog at time, and it, it did yes. it over there. Theresa May was prepared to move the border down the Irish Sea, so Northern Ireland would shadow the Republic of Ireland and the single market and the customs union. Now, the the plan, because the DUP wouldn't have that, is the entire United Kingdom yes. will now shadow uh, the Republic of Ireland and the rest 
of the European but Union. But the mere thought that, that, that um, they thought the DUP was ever going to be happy about a border going down the Irish Sea was just yeah. insanity in the first place. Yeah, it's incompetence, of course. I mean, they must have realised. But, if you, but if you look at the, the Labour side, I've, I've got a soft spot for Chris Williamson, the Derby North MP, who is a Corbynista... Um, vegan bricklayer. Vegan, bri- vegan bricklayer, probably <laughs> Britain's uh, first and uh, only and never again. But, uh, but, I, but I love the way he always just takes any criticism and bounces back. But Emily Thornberry yes. is astonishingly yes. uh, she's she's bounced back from the the misery of being sacked by Ed Miliband yes. before the 2015 election yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> remember him uh, he was the geeky wad uh, on Ed uh, but uh, it, it was sacked over Clay well I think completely wrongly the taint that she was snobby which she isn't she took that picture in the Rochester by-election which was the huge flag hanging out of a window not the white van uh, outside the house and Look, I don't know anyone who would want to live next to somebody hanging a huge dirty flag out of the house all the time, particularly those people on the Sun, the Mail, the Telegraph and the Express uh, and the Star who were claiming uh, she was snobby for objecting it. But it's absolutely correct. When she takes Prime Minister's questions, mm. she just does it with such alarm and flair and lands the blows and it's humorous. Yeah, yeah she's very funny. She's yeah. in charge of a chamber. She's got... You know, you've got the Tories eating out of her hands. It's it's quite an impressive performance and an amazing comeback. No, yeah, she gets talk, yeah. she gets talked of as a as a bit of future leadership contender. That may be overdoing it, yeah. but she might be a king or queen maker rather than yes. the, rather than the queen herself. Yeah. Anybody else impressed you? Well, I mean, we haven't talked about Donald Trump yet, have we? <laughs> <laughs> How long you got? How long do we have? Yeah. A lying, <laughs> racist, sexual do. predator. I don't think we need to do the potted history, but there's been some. There's been some. The, the one moment that that sprang out to me when I was thinking about this was his speech to the UN. Do you remember that? Mm. When he got up there, and you know, everyone else is making these very, very, very sensible speeches, and he said. Within minutes of starting talking, he'd called uh, Kim Jong Un Rocket Man, <laughs> yeah, that's right. and said he was essentially threatened to blow North Korea off the face of the planet. And that was one of the the mild moments. I'm calling him Rocket Man. I mean, Donald it was like a PR Trump, dream from King Jong Un. Here's here's a thing I keep bouncing on. Donald Trump has been president for less than a year. Yes. And we'll, <laughs> but then we have gone through, through nearly a year without any like nuclear war. So I mean, I think that's definitely a step in the right direction. <laughs> it's a base you can build I mean, on it. Exactly. <laughs> but we remember we started the year with May jetting over. To yes, the whole hands. The yes. White House yes. to be the first leader. To, to, to meet Donald Trump, the most awful scenes oh. of them walking down those steps and him grabbing her hand. And the only thing, what another terrible misjudgment. I agree with that, but I think to be to fair against Theresa May, Kevin, I do think that when she picked him up, I mean, when he picked him up, picked <laughs> him, <laughs> well, that's a good bit of gossip. <laughs> when she picked him up on retweeting the Britain First thing, which she did. And I think that that did show some courage because if she if she hadn't dealt with it at that point, then then she really but would have been failed to pick him up on when he got done. She, she did, but you've got to remember calm. this is a woman who is trying she to get did. us out of Europe, and we have no other people to do much well, trade with. Point, Alison, isn't it? But, but, but we, we desperately need to deal with the United States, and we can't do one with somebody as erratic and and. As, but as we as haven't got any choice because he's going to be there for a few years to come. Somebody should remind her it is America first with Trump. It's well, yes, Britain exactly. first, except when it's a far-right racist you know, extremist. This is a guy who apologises for the far-right in the United States. I mean, it's, it's, it's awful, dreadful. He's kind of, you know, he's still got sexual harassment claims against him. He's a danger to world peace. Mm. He's, just, he's just moved 
they promised to move the US embassy to Jerusalem. They think, you know, it's been, yeah. But one area you have to tread sensitively, he's, he's gone in with both feet. And of course, he's going to come to, to Britain, yes, uh, quite open soon. the US embassy probably next February. It won't be the red carpet ride down the Mall uh, state visit. But nevertheless, he's going to be here. There'll be great crowds it, protesting. Against it was from the inauguration. Um, do you remember when there was the photograph of how many people had turned up? And <laughs> yeah, he ends up was, in this ludicrous spat about whether he had more or less people. He is bonkers. He's bonkers. And, and you did sort of think, because I had sort of thought, oh, well, maybe when he becomes president, he won't be as he had been during the campaign. But, but sure enough, he has been and worse. And we've still got the Mueller investigation going yes. on into the links between the Russians and the Trump campaign. And, and that is, you know, that is spreading over here now as well. The Russians, you know, interfered in, in the EU referendum. That's right. And what was, was just as perverted as well, as yeah. they would deny any, you know, the, mm. the, he leaned on the FBI, he leaned, Trump leaned on the FBI yeah. director, James Comey, to try and get him to cancel an investigation. It could be, it could yet be his undoing. Yes. Before we move on with Trump, I have to send a shout out to the, the the two people we have sadly lost this year, Sean Spicer and Anthony Scaramucci. Oh yes, <laughs> both of whom I can only assume are working on fantastic <laughs> books right now. Spicer's just said he's going to he set the record straight in a book, um, which I very much look forward to. Yeah, it was it was we got used to this kind of Friday afternoon about four o'clock, and was another resignation <laughs> yes. or about six weeks from, in a row, wasn't it? From the White House, this yeah. kind of he kind of tore through his staff. It was extraordinary. Now we we skirted round it, but the year has been mm. apart from the election, and apart from Grenfell, and apart from the resignations, <laughs> and apart and from apart a faltering from, economy, and, yeah. <laughs> economy, and the NHS in terrible state. It's been about Brexit. That's yeah. the, the the one subject. It was it was bookended by Theresa May's speech in Lancaster House and this week's or Friday's deal uh, in Brussels where we've uh, adopted the, I thought quite a novel negotiating tactic of complying with everything they asked for. So just surrendering, <laughs> crossing your red lines and waving a white flag. Yeah, uh, and Theresa May is, is uh, off to a final summit of the year now. How do you think she's handled these Brexit negotiations? Uh, that they've run ring rounder. Michelle Barnier must be negotiator of the year. He's, he's, got, he's just got about everything he wanted. And Boris Johnson, David Davis, and Liam Fox are far worse than I thought they would be. I yes. thought David Davis in particular would be better. I've had a particularly high opinion of Johnson. Well, as he said himself this week, you don't have to be very clever to do his job. He's proved it. (laughs) (laughs) He also said that negotiating was harder than the moon landings. (laughs) (laughs) It is sort of a... It's it's astonishing. I mean, he he looks knackered. uh, Everything he... Body language uh, is defeatist, isn't it? uh, But he's he's a Brexiteer who now must see that it was a concept and it will just damage the economy. The reason he invented impact assessments, which they claimed they'd, they'd done, there was votes in Parliament, uh, the Financial Times had to run an apology for saying some ministers hadn't read them all, and then he has to admit they don't they don't <laughs> exist um, to try and get out of it. Of course, why he invented them, I'll never know, but you can see why he doesn't produce them, because across all those sectors, aerospace, uh, yeah. cars, financials, you know, they will be negative. And he's now staring at the reality of Brexit, which is bad. And, it is extraordinary that, that any com- any proper decent company in this country who was doing anything along those lines about the merge or anything would have impact 
assessments. Brexit's a religion for them. They're fanatics. That's what it is. It doesn't matter the consequences. Also, they've been extraordinarily guarded and about what they wanted to do. Remember, they had to. It took Gina Miller to go to the High Court Mm. to get them to have a vote on whether we could the sovereignty of Parliament, which they supposedly want. Which they and they they got called. Could have you know could have. uh, Treason, they've got mutineers, yep. saboteurs. Enemies saboteurs, of the people. And, uh, yeah, Don't you think, though, that Theresa May is kind of perhaps now moving us towards a softer Brexit, which is always what she wanted, and that there's been all this noise and fury by the ardent Brexiteers, but actually we'll come out with something. It's going to cost us a lot of money, don't get me wrong, but we'll come out with something that is slightly more workable. I, I, I think that the reason she called the election was actually to get a larger majority to actually so she could then stare down the Brexiteers and her yes. party and it backfired spectacularly. So now she's still at their mercy, if not more so. But Just every single move she's taken on Brexit, right from the beginning, has all been about internal party management, mm. not what's best yes. into this country. And that's, it's, that's, it's been from the beginning. That's why yeah. Cameron called the election. It was a tactical issue yeah. internally in the Conservative Party. Stop the rise of UKIP. Mm. Backfires. He goes. He'll be the worst Prime Minister since Neville Chamberlain because of that. And she's a, she was, was a Remainer then. She'll be a Remainer now, which is why yes. she can't say she'd vote for government policy in a second referendum, which would be would be would be Brexit. But she's not in control in any way. And the idea we're just paying. Thirty-five billion pounds to damage the economy and have less influence is a prime minister who is going to inflict a, an incredible amount of national self-harm, and she must know it. She just wants to keep the show on the road. It's all about the Tory party. But then, what alternatives the could 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 she have taken in well, the last few months? Well, I don't. She should, she's got to be honest. She should have been honest. But you she should be honest. not have unilaterally declared that we were pulling out the single market and the customs union. About no, that was a huge mistake. And uh, actually, the one which is proving really problematic was ending ECJ mm. jurisdiction, European Court of Justice jurisdiction, because I, I, now we get very techy, but it covers things like the aviation industry yeah. uh, and covers kind of medical research and all of these sort of areas which were well finding matter. Mm. Um, and she should have. I think done a kind of grand commission or something and said, "Look, you voted for Brexit. Now we have to decide what it's going to be." Yeah. Well, she well, she triggered Article Fifty and set the clock well, counting yes. on two years before, be, be, before she knew where she well, wanted to exactly get, and then has an election in the middle of it. Still haven't <laughs> had a cabinet discussion on what sort of Brexit they want. And the reason, but the reason will be is they will just be so divided. But they can't exactly. They can't have that conversation. No. Which is, she's not I mean, she is enough. an impossible situation, isn't she? Yeah, of her own yes. making. Yeah, of her own <laughs> making, yes. No, you're right. No, she was. She was in the party that promised the referendum. She was in the party that lost the referendum. She naturally lost a majority. There she must have been so many times this year that she must have just wanted to be a million miles away from that job. Yeah, but they but all, she's had to stick it yeah. out. She wants to be prime minister. She doesn't want to go Do down. Do you think? I think she down. looks like somebody who would rather be absolutely anywhere else on earth. They all, they all think uh, tomorrow will be a sunnier day. Couldn't be much. Could be much rainier, could it, than some of the ones we've had? No. But it's you know she's incapable of doing anything. You know she had to as soon as the election was over. She ditched every single manifesto promise in it. She ditched the fox hunting. She ditched the grammar school. Yes. She ditched her social care. She ditched the plans to take away free school meals. I mean, I'm glad. Hurrah! She did it. <laughs> but but, but, it was, but she, yes, and she's got no power to do anything and, and as you said right at the beginning her speech when she talked about burning injustices she's done nothing no. to, to, mm. to correct any of those oh, look at the waspy women yeah. that's appalling all these women born in the 1950s nearing yeah. retirement they've, yeah. they've been stripped of pensions they're not going to get jobs or they're not going to get well paid jobs they're totally get apprentices that won't 
pay. There'll be on, on poverty, on poverty money, and yet, mm. what does she do about it? Nothing. Well, she's then, lamented. There's no magic money tree unless you have TDP. Or <laughs> you need thirty-nine billion pounds, up to yeah. thirty-nine billion pounds for the EU. Right. Very quickly, uh, who's the campaigner of the year? Who's my nomination to help you all out? Or you think? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Is Stella Creasy? Oh yeah. Yeah, yes. terrific. Blinder. On abortion rights in Northern yes. Ireland, yeah. uh, got that got that changed. Um, very quick, very efficient, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I would, uh, I would, uh, not to knock. Uh, I would award, award it jointly because I thought Stella Chrissy did brilliant. But I, I would say Jeffrey Robinson. Yes. On on the opt out, cause you know, two years the Mirrors campaign to change the law for life. So we come into line with Wales, the way Scotland's going to go, organ, organ donation. So you have to opt out rather than opting in. We will get. Let's be honest, we weren't really getting anywhere in those no, two we years. Won't. And all of a sudden, he comes in the private member's bill, so he can put forward legislation, and he adopts that that bill. Jeremy Corbyn comes on board. Theresa May can see she's going to lose the vote in the House of Commons. Jeremy Hunt, the Health Secretary, knows this. So she announces in her speech at the Tory party conference, uh, forget letters falling off, pranksters and a, and a cough. <laughs> uh, this, this was the bit we really liked, that she's going to introduce it. And they're on site. And... Hundreds of people's lives will be, will saved. be saved everywhere. Yeah. But it was because all of a sudden, yes, became political in Parliament, we got there. What he said. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we all agree. The campaign we all of the is the Daily Mirror. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we'll share it with Jeffrey Robinson and, uh, and Stella. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we've decided that the comeback of the year is Emily Formbury. Yeah, incredible. Um, yeah. And, and politician of the year. Is, is it all anybody else I'm not saying Jeremy Corbyn been, uh, it, it, it's got to be it's, it's oh, just extraordinary Jeremy I mean that in itself was extraordinary well, yeah. was yeah. a thousand people at Glastonbury singing that song yeah. Yeah. I would like to put a, a not saying title holder but I'll put on the podium Keir Starmer who I think negotiated the extraordinarily tricky thickets of Labour Party policy on Brexit uh, where you could have easily split the party. Yep. Yes, and he's got that's true. quite a good place. He was the first to call for a transition deal. Mm. He yep. got them signed up there. He hasn't totally squared the circle yet, but yep. I think he's done quite a good job. And he's on top of his brief and understands Brexit, which is more than most of us do. I'd also... So g- I, I'll put a word in for him. No, I'd, I'd, I'd give John Burko, the Speaker of the House of Commons, a mention. Mm. number of times he's dragged government ministers to make statements and the urgent questions, yes. they call yep. them. But also, he spoke out very quickly about Donald Trump and a state visit yes, and addressing yes. both yes, houses of Parliament, which Theresa May had effectively yes. promised him, saying he's not coming here, he's a racist, misogynist, and so on. Mm. He got a stick, some Tory MPs were trying to topple him, but he proved absolutely mm. right. Going back to uh, Keir Starmer, um, he was my second choice for uh, speech of the year. Um, because it was his speech in the debate, it was the first debate, I think, about the Brexit withdrawal bill, where you know it had been put out with, with quite some bluster by David Davis being David Davis, and then Keir Starmer stands up and very slowly, very methodically, like with pauses in between sentences, did what he, he is trained to do, which was, he was a lawyer. He, he, he did it as if he was explaining it to a jury picked it apart yeah. bit by bit and it was I, 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 I've been back and watched that speech a couple of times since uh, yeah. the other, there's a couple of others I think we should mention I thought Amber Rudd for being Theresa May 
when Theresa May was absent. <laughs> and, and standing and, and, in for her in the TV debate yes. two days after her father had died. And yes, she, she was fabulous. And, I, I thought, and shouting at Boris to stand up when he just sat there during yeah, uh, her great. conference speech as well. Yeah. So I, 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 she's and, good, she's and tough. The other one is, is Ruth Davidson. Uh, she's been who, fantastic. Who has, you know, they used to joke there were more pandas in Scotland mm-hmm. than there were Tories and now she's got 13 Scottish Tory MPs. Mm-hmm. Uh, sensible line on Brexit. Um, I think she's well. Well, given that she now after the Scottish elections in 2021 may seek to become an yes. MP but the Tory conference the two people who now tickle their uh, G-spot are, are her and Rhys Mogg Johnson is very much a distant third if uh, third at all and can I ask what um, surprises that we're expecting uh, in the new year is um, Damien Green going to be out of a job? What, the, you mean like the, the unknown unknown? <laughs> yes. So you're going to be going over a Donald Rumsfeld. I make them up. Mystic Maguire. Mystic Mag. What, next year? Yeah. Ugh. If you'd have asked me a week ago, I would have wondered if Theresa May would survive to the end of the Brexit process. I always thought she would yeah. into 2019. She might be getting better headlines now. But we're just in the Brexit foothills, and there's a mountain to climb. Yes. She can easily slip now. She's got to make some very big decisions very soon. There's a deadline, but the EU wants to know what we're going to do by the end of February, and we now have to decide. And it's going to alienate some Conservatives. She's going to get it, find it harder and harder to hold and them it's together. It's going to be really tough. I so, can see cabinet resignations over this because it's going yeah. to, once they have to start saying we want that sort of Brexit, not that one, then we're going to be in trouble. You, Europe's destroyed the last. Three Tory Prime Ministers, Thatcher, mm. Major, Cameron. It's probably going to destroy her as the fourth. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my other prediction is I've never known politics to be so unpredictable. Yes. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's well. so freebile and yeah. it changes so quickly. I mean, you know, we weren't expecting a general election this year. We weren't expecting Jeremy Corbyn to do so well. We weren't expecting no. two cabinet resignations in, in two weeks. And no. Things are moving very quickly, but one thing we can be assured of is nobody's talking about the Lib Dems. <laughs> <laughs> poor Vince. Oh. Yeah, poor, okay. poor oh. Vince Cable. That, that's brilliant. Thank you very much for joining us Thank for you. our review of the year. You can uh, follow me on Twitter as at JBT Mirror. Kevin is at Kevin underscore Maguire. Alison at Mirror Alison. Mikey? I'm at Mikey Smith with a K. No C. Uh, so uh, we'll be back soon with another podcast. Uh, do go and leave a comment, sign up, register. Try not to be too rude at uh, mirror.co.uk forward slash eyes. That's A-Y-E-S. And have a good Christmas and New Year.